Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. It's the Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel. Super Bowl's here. No better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. The Draymond Green Show is presented by FanDuel. The NBA season kicking into gear, baby. No better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. FanDuel app is safe. You get paid fast. A lot of ways to play. The spread, the money line, team totals, players, props. A lot of stuff. Over-unders. Jump into the action. Same game parlays are my favorite. Just use the promo code Colin and download the FanDuel app today. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. We got a good one today. Tyler Dunn, who's been doing this for a while, golongtd.com, covers the Packers, also lives in upstate New York, all over the dissension with the Buffalo Bills. It's real. Regarding the head coach, Sean McDermott, there are those around the organization, including the Bills Mafia, disturbed by what they see. Inside deals on a team that appears to be great, but regressing the Bills, especially with Kansas City winning another title. What does that mean for them? Latest on Aaron Rodgers. Still think the Raiders make so much sense. I want to start with this, though. So I was listening to um, a digital, brief digital piece by J.J. Redick on a podcast. And he was defending modern day players and Giannis specifically on how great he is. And, you know, I... I collected baseball and NBA cards when I was a kid, but I'm I'm not a sports romantic. I think it's one of the reasons that I just don't spend a ton of time watching or talking about baseball. It's very much a rearview mirror sport steeped in its lore and history. And, you know, one of the things I like about the NFL, Sunday is all that matters. And I feel the same way, you know, about the NBA. We don't spend a ton of time uh, although the Michael Jordan-LeBron debate certainly gets plenty of airtime. But clearly, nutrition's better, training's better, the skill level is better. It's now much more of a global game. Europe is all in. Asia, there's there's players everywhere. But I will say this. There are four or five things to me that make a great player, an all-time great. Uh, your skill level, you can do multiple things. Uh, your production, you have to be productive. You have to win. Great players win. Uh, your uniqueness, do you do things others haven't? And your replaceability. Um, you know, Tim Duncan, the Spurs, Greg Popovich, an all-time coach. Spurs have been a disaster since he left. Tim Duncan is one of the 12 greatest basketball players I've ever seen. I don't care about MVPs, where you are in the scoring list. All the players I think are all-time greats are productive. And four current players are part of the 12 greatest players I've ever seen. And that's something when you consider how long the NBA has been going on. The first dynasty was George Mikan and the Minneapolis Lakers. After that, it was the Celtics in the 60s. In no particular order, the 12 greatest basketball players I've seen based on production, winning, skill level, replaceability, uniqueness. LeBron, Steph, KD, and Giannis are all in it. 
I think Giannis, if you look at guys of his size, his ability to bring the ball up the floor, hit a jumper, he's the best player in any given moment in the NBA on both ends of the floor. Steph, LeBron, KD, and Giannis. Um, I think KD in a one-on-one tournament would be the greatest NBA player of all time. He could dribble past the bigs. He could shoot over LeBron or MJ. I think KD's an all-time talent. The others are Shaq, Kobe, MJ, Wilt, Kareem, Duncan, Bird, and Magic. I didn't see Russell play live. He was limited offensively, did not watch Oscar Robertson. Akeem, Barkley, Dr. J, all very, very good. But those are the 12 greatest basketball players I've ever played. But J.J. Reddick's point is nobody is a perfect player. You know, LeBron's pretty darn close. He passes, handles the ball, defends, shoots at an all-time level. He's not a great three-point shooter. He's very streaky. But Michael Jordan was not a three-point shooter. Kobe always had better range. Uh, Michael Jordan was a good ball handler, but a very average passer. He, He didn't intend to pass very much, nor did Kobe. But the players are better today. I think we're very lucky, in my opinion, for the 12 greatest players in basketball are playing right now. And I don't think that is hyperbolic. I don't think it's unrealistic. I think Steph Curry's the greatest shooter of my lifetime. LeBron's arguably the greatest player. KD is the single hardest offensive player to stop who can also put the ball on the deck. Kareem, not really. And then Giannis, who is last four years to me is elevated in the most talented basketball era now, the most global basketball era now, he's the most dominant player. You know, aesthetics do matter in sports because how we view games now is overwhelmingly on TV and not live. And, you know, I I do think it's easy to pick on the NBA because the seasons are very long. Like hockey, you're talking over 80 games, uh, overnight travel, uh, sleep deprivation, and the toll it takes on your body. Unlike football, you're not being tackled, but you get such a rest period after football games. Even the short Thursday games, you play Sunday afternoon, you play Thursday night, you don't really hit in practice that week. That's the shortest between NFL games, you know, and that's that's four full days. But I do think, you know, I noticed this the other night when Boston, all five starters, uh, sat for their game against Milwaukee. And Jason Tatum, there's an argument to be made of all the top NBA players between the minutes and games he played, he deserves a rest. But there are other games you could rest. I thought it was a classic example of here was a calendar game, a circle it on your calendar game. Celtics made it a close game, went to overtime before they lost, but it's a bad look. And something that needs to be duly noted is the NBA negotiated nine days off in the middle of the season for the NBA All-Star game. I am not opposed to that. But if you're going to get nine days off, then you got to play if you're a Celtic starter in Milwaukee. You just got to play. You just got to play. I think some young fans don't realize that it wasn't that long ago, honestly, that players flew commercial. If you played in Boston and the next night you were playing in Miami or wherever Atlanta, you were often on the first flight in the morning on Continental Airlines or United Airlines. You'd be sitting next to a Celtic. Uh, Now, everybody's got their own team playing. So the luxuries have quadrupled. Um, 
the All-Star break nine days for a majority of the players. And simultaneously, Jalen Hurts is playing hurt all through the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes is playing with like a grade two level. I think it's a grade two level high ankle sprain. So when you have NFL players who are playing with the kind of ankle sprain that keeps players out, puts them on the injured reserve list, you're getting nine games off for an all-star game. I just think it's a bad look for the NBA. Yes, I think there are too many NBA games, but these have been negotiated. Do I really believe if you went from 82 to 70 games, players wouldn't miss games? We ask more and more of our football players, play another week, another round of a playoff game. The athletes are bigger and stronger. The hits are harder and come faster. And they still fight to get on the field. It's a badge of honor to play hurt. I thought that Milwaukee-Boston game, and I know Jalen Brown had been hit in the face. I'm not saying everybody had to play. I thought that was such a bad look as we're getting ready you know, a week before a nine-day layoff for a majority of the Celtics. Aesthetics matter. This is, a, this is a job on television discussed regularly by media. NFL guys fighting to get on the field. NBA guys looking for excuses not to play before a nine-day break. With the NFL season over, all eyes in the sporting world turn to everything from the NBA to college hoops to the NHL. Plenty of games to watch, or even better, plenty of games to get out of the house and actually go to. That's why the best way to get your hands on tickets when you want to go to one of these games, check out Game Time, fastest growing ticket app in the U.S., Game Time. Offer amazing last-minute deals on tickets to your best Favorite NBA, hockey, NCAA teams. Top of that, they sell last-minute concert and comedy show tickets, too. Download the Game Time app. Download it. Redeem code is Colin. 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the app. Enter the code Colin. C-O-L-I-N. 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Fire the grill and fire up the party. Get the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. Go from low and slow on smoke boost mode at 180 degrees all the way to high heat sear at 600 degrees, a much bigger range than most grills. It's got a full grate sear zone so you can put more food on the flame. Utilize the smoke boost setting to intensify that smoky flavor. Direct flame cooking creates searing, crisping, and browning. Food will look as good as it tastes. This grill is hot in 15 minutes and cleanup is easy. You'll cook on two levels at the same time so you can make enough for everyone. Then clean up quick with the pull and clean grease and ash management system at the front of the grill. Cook confidently with intuitive digital controls at the grill and enjoy the sleek, easy-to-use surface. You can also add a heavy-duty rotisserie or rust-resistant griddle insert to up your game. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Okay, we bring him on a few times a year. Tyler Dunn. He has that newsletter. Sign up for it at golongtd.com. Through the years, he's been spot on on a number of Packer stories. He's got a Packer story he's working on. Um, 
He's also been writing about the Buffalo Bills. We have been highly critical of Sean McDermott on my radio and TV show. In an offensive pivoting league, they really feel like they're playing 1983 football. Let's first start, though, with your Green Bay updates. So um, there are certain things that are already out um, that the Packers are willing, if Aaron wants out, to move. Um, They are happier today than a year ago with Jordan Love. They would send him to the AFC, not the NFC. That stuff's all out. Mark Murphy said last week, We'd like him to give us a decision sooner than later. Those four things are all out. Um, my take has, has been a pretty simple one, that if Jordan Love is a B-level quarterback, that this is a pretty good roster with an additional first-round pick, maybe a third. Um, Packers draft and develop at a pretty high level. They need an edge rusher, another tight end. They're pretty good. So any apprehension would lead me to believe they have huge concerns about Jordan Love. So let me start with this. From what I can tell, it does feel like they feel pretty good about Love as a potential starter. Is that is that what you garner from, you know, recent discussions? You know, I've, I've tried to talk to as many players as I possibly can these last couple of weeks, Colin, because... It does harken back to what 2007, 2008, when Green Bay went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. They could make that move. Ted Thompson saw it every day in practice. And if anybody knows if Jordan Love is ready, it's those players. It's the teammates. It's, it's, it's who sees this quarterback day in and day out because they haven't really seen much on game day. And what they have seen has been really, really promising in that Philadelphia game. And and to a man, player to player, guys who have been on the scout team have faced him in practice. Uh, they insist that Jordan Love is ready to be a starter in the NFL. Um, and it, I guess it kind of dates back, a, even a Jamal Williams, who was just with him that, that rookie season. He held up his hand when I saw him in Arizona. He's like, look at this pinky. And it's all busted up. He goes, yeah, that's from Jordan Love. You know, he, he zipped it to my finger there as a rookie. The guy, the guy can sling it. He's got some rare... Uh, physical gifts that, that that that's the reason they drafted him. That that's what popped. But since that point forward, I think he's learned the offense. I think he's learned how to read defenses, and he's putting it all together. You saw in that Philadelphia game, he hit that yeah. back foot, and the ball was out. He can run Matt Lafleur's offense. Yeah, um, you know, there's concern in San Francisco that Trey Lance. It was reported this week isn't as athletic as San Francisco hoped, and he struggled with accuracy. Uh, My takeaway is Jordan Love right now is a more refined Trey Lance. He is athletic and he is accurate. Now, does he have the juice, the it? Very few do, right? Like that's like eight on the planet. Um, I also believe, and I don't have this sourced, um, I did see two different Packers at the Super Bowl. I'm not ready to go public with what one of them said yet. (laughs) <laughs> I may soon, so I'll hold off. But do it. I, I'm not not ready to go there yet. But um, the Packers were an irrelevant franchise for most of the '70s and '80s, and I do feel like there's there's almost a fear in the building to be irrelevant. I I sense that, but I'm on the outside. You tell me. You used to live there. You still cover them. This, this feeling of, oh, oh, 
And I argue, Ty, the NFC, even the two loaded rosters, Philadelphia's got so many free agents. Niners don't have the quarterback probably in September. This is the time to rip it off. This is this is not the AFC with five or six, seven generational quarterback talents. Do you think that fear is is just holding them back from ripping the Band-Aid off? I think it absolutely has been what's held Mark Murphy, Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekinds, everybody back from just moving on. I and mean, we've talked about this for two years. I, I thought they should have done it. You know, that that first summer when Aaron is kind of dragging the team out to the public square and, you know, dispatching his legion of surrogates and allies to flog Green Bay. I mean, that for four or five months, all you heard is how could Green Bay let it get to this point? But they begged, they pleaded. Your, Matt LaFleur at the podium is just every possible way begging Aaron Rodgers to come back. They have that meeting. They have some backdoor promises. They give him a seat at the table. They trade for a washed-up Randall Cobb. You know, they they do all these things, give him what he wants because of that fear. I think they're terrified of life on the other side of Aaron Rodgers. And you do see a, a lot of teams that live in that purgatory. But I'd argue, I mean, look at the New York Giants hanging on to Eli Manning maybe a year too long. The Pittsburgh Steelers hanging on to Ben Roethlisberger a year yep. too long. That, that That's the bigger mistake is is just tricking yourself into thinking that this guy might pull off a Tom Brady. There's one Tom Brady. There's one quarterback who can go to 45 doing what he did. Uh, and we're, we saw it last year with Aaron Rodgers, the inevitable physical decline. His legs really aren't there. His arm is is average to maybe above average. Uh, he wasn't really willing to, to work with those young receivers until it was too little too late. Hey, look, when Patrick Mahomes is bringing guys down to Fort Worth, what was Aaron Rodgers doing? I don't know. Ayahuasca and taking trips and, hey, we, we, we can mock OTAs all you want. I talked to one player who said it would have been really nice to have Aaron Rodgers at OTAs working on stuff because they got it. They turned that corner, but by then they were, what, three, four games below 500. To, to answer your question, I'm shocked that it's taken this long, but I think that the court of public opinion has kind of changed. I think fans, by and large, are getting a little tired of Aaron Rodgers' act and the drama and you know him him saying, oh, I didn't know that this darkness retreat was really going to take off like it did. Get, get, get out of here. I think the fans are, are smart enough to kind of read through it, and they saw it. Most importantly, they saw what Jordan Love could be, just like they saw what Aaron Rodgers could be in that Dallas game in 2007. So the fact that it's kind of turned, you know, remember, it's, it's community-owned. The fans own the team. It's a little different with the Packers. The fact that that's kind of changed, I, I think, is going to kind of maybe get Murphy and Gutekinds and LaFleur to a spot where they finally, once and for all, trade Aaron Rodgers. Maybe my ego's too big, but... I feel like words matter. And when Aaron said, I'm going to go on a retreat, a darkness retreat, which is fine. Meditation's fine. That will get me closer to a decision. That's kind of effing with people. That would be like telling my wife, listen, I'm either way in the marriage. I'm going to go on a four-day Vegas trip with the boys. That'll get me closer to a decision. She would say, bullshit. I want an answer when you get back. Like, we know Aaron's petty. We know he cares. He's thin-skinned. That kind of feels like, to me, Ty, 
He's kind of effing with him. It really does. You would never tell somebody you were in business with, hey, listen, I'm going to Mark Murphy came out publicly and said, sooner the better. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to go hide for four days. It'll get me closer. Like to me, that's you've moved into poking in the ribs. That's what it feels like to me. It would align with previous action. I mean, that this is what he's done for a few years now. So, yeah, we have to read between the lines because he's kind of speaking in code and beating around the bush and nobody really knows. And he's going on this darkness retreat. I had the same reaction as you. It feels like he's kind of messing with the team at this point, delaying it. Uh, when, you know, there's that scene in Seinfeld where Costa- George Costanza is telling, you know, the, the girlfriend, I invented the it's not you, it's me. The, the, the team and Rogers are kind of going back and forth in this. Like, well, I don't I don't really want to trade you, but I want to trade you. I, I don't want to be here, but I kind of want to be here. Somebody's got to step up and be like, enough's enough. The Packers, they have that power. They could go on the offensive here, hell, and and do something, uh, talk to teams while he's on this darkness retreat. Uh, They haven't done it to this point. They're trying to be delicate. They know he's a future Hall of Famer. He's been the face of the franchise. I get all of that. But at some point, the lines were going to cross, right? This isn't the first time that Aaron Rodgers has done some things that have have ruffled feathers and, you know, made, made management think a certain way, coaches think a certain way. But he's been winning MVPs. He's been taken to the conference championship game. It's always been worth it. Now that ability isn't there. That talent isn't there. At some point, you don't tolerate it, right? I mean, you you tolerate it because he's so damn good. And he's been good for so long. I think those lines have crossed now. And that management, if we, I, I, you know, if you read what Murphy has said, what the team has said, what they've kind of leaked to the media, it seems like they're ready to move on. Um, and I say that gingerly because you never really know, but I think that maybe even the Packers are a little tired of this act and, and they are in a spot to once and for all move on to a different quarterback. Um, he's not as mobile as he was three years ago. He's also not quite as committed in the offseason. Has anybody inside the organization ever hinted or acknowledged to you that they do see a decline in his overall ability now turning 39 soon? No, it, it's hard to get people to that spot. You know, even even for background, I think it's it's been hinted at and and when, when they talk about Jordan Love and how excited they are about Jordan Love, how the ball just spins off his hand, how, how he's so athletic and fluid and has a command of the offense. Um, because let's face it, teammates, people in the organization, they're they're scared to say a negative word about Aaron Rodgers because they don't want to be cast off to the cornfield. I mean, if you're honest enough to say what you really think, hell, to just relive your experiences, literally just say what happened in a game against the San Francisco 49ers, like a person you know very well in Greg Jennings, he might just call you, call you names, call you this, call you that, and Next thing you know, you got Packer fans at your neck for the next five to 10 years. So players, they tread very lightly in that department. I do think, though, and how excited they are about Jordan Love, that kind of tells you everything you need to know. You're working on a Rodgers Jordan Love story. What is the angle on it? I think that the angle, what kind of got me going on this was, a conversation with with Charles Woodson at the Super Bowl, actually, and and that point that he made. Look, we we knew Aaron Rodgers 
was ready. We saw it. And I can remember being an intern out there at the time, a college intern covering that summer, thinking, are they nuts? Brett Favre just took you to an NFC championship game. You were 13 and three. He's on the cover of SI. He was unbelievable. But they knew. They knew they had conviction. They knew that Aaron Rodgers was ready, that he had the talent, that they could make this bold decision. And, you know, Charles Woodson didn't know. He's not there every day, but they just kind of got the wheels turning on. All right, well, I should probably reach out to the people who do know. Um, everybody from, you know, the practice squad to the starters is, is this a quarterback in Jordan Love who's ready to be the starter for Green Bay? And it was fascinating. I actually talked to his personal quarterbacks coach, Steve Calhoun, who has worked with some of the best quarterbacks ever. They, they do some wild drills this past off season. He got Jordan to read the field with both of his eyeballs. He, he convinced me he can have one eyeball looking one direction. I'm kind of looking in the other to see the whole field. And this, a lot of the stuff that he talked about last summer came to fruition when we saw him in the exhibition games, when we saw him against Philadelphia. David Yost is, is coached back in college, a ton of insights. So I'm sold, right? I, I thought that two years ago it would have been smart to just take your unlimited picks and prospects and move on from Aaron Rodgers just because of everything he was doing. But now that Jordan Love is in a place three years in, look, he needs game action. Look at all the ups and downs, Colin, that Tua, Burrow, Herbert, Jalen Hurts, all the other quarterbacks in his own draft have been through. He hasn't gotten those ups and downs. So I, that, that that's what he needs. I mean, he just needs to get into the live game and learn on the fly now because he's done enough of the other stuff. He's ready to go. And I'll tell you this, talking to people who know Jordan Love well, he wants to start. Like, I, I think it's getting to the point of frustration. Yeah, like he, no, he, whether it's in Green Bay or somewhere else, he wants to start in 2023. So um, you live in uh, upstate New York, right? So you you cover the Bills. Um, I think two things are happening with the Bills. One, the Chiefs are relentlessly getting better. They're drafting better. They're rebuilding the offense receivers they pay all of their receivers combined 20 million dollars Tyreek Hill's making you know that and more just with the Miami Dolphins they rebuild their old line overnight the Bills four or five years with McDermott still can't get the O-line right so that's part of it and they're losing right so they're, they're losing big games but I really thought and and you have um you've been writing about this the Skyler Thompson game and the Tua game, when they both came to Buffalo and they both ended the third quarter in the fourth, you had a real game on your hands. Warm weather Miami, cold weather Buffalo. That Skyler Thompson game was bizarrely competitive in the second half. And I felt like in both games, Mike McDaniel worked Sean McDermott. He was more clever, more of an identity. I still don't think the Bills have an offensive identity. I think they just call plays. How... They're winning a lot of games, but how much heat is on McDermott? I think the fear is that Sean McDermott is Marty Schottenheimer, Marvin Lewis, you know, a coach who is a good Chuck defensive Knox. mind. Yep. Chuck Knox, there's a good one, right? Go go right down the list where, you know, John Fox, uh, not a bad coach, right? He 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 turned the defense around a big picture. That, that building needed to be fumigated. I mean, it got really bad really fast with Rex Ryan. And so they did need 
a pendulum swing to somebody who was more of a dis- disciplinarian who wasn't gonna, wasn't going to put up with you know certain types of players certain type of personalities so that that worked they ended the drought they build a winner but at some point the franchise's identity needed to change from Sean McDermott disciplinarian defense ball control to holy hell we have Josh Allen this transcendent talent that's 65 247 leaps over your linebackers and is something we've never seen at the position. And they're still kind of operating in that old mindset. Look at this. Look at every single playoff game that they've lost. I mean, the same stuff repeats itself over and over and over again. The AFC championship game, the chip shot field goals. I mean, you, you kick a field goal from whatever it was, the one or the two before halftime to cut it to 21 to 12 against the Chiefs, only to get waxed in the second half. 13 seconds, the end of that game. I was told, didn't want the squib. He wanted the touchback. Whoops. And then you have your DBs lined up in another zip code. It's it's very not to lose. It's it's not aggressive. It's yeah. it's not a tenacious, we're going to win this game mentality. And then you saw it again against the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, they're, they're going to lose that game 10 out of 10 times. They didn't come ready to play. I just talked nope. to a player today who said, we were we were not ready. Like We, we had no energy. We were lethargic. Uh, but Sean McDermott, again, fourth down, end of the first half, a chance to get a two-for-one. You're in Cincinnati's territory. Your defense can't stop anybody, but you have a chance on fourth down to go for it, score a touchdown, get the ball at the start of the third quarter, redictate the terms of this game into a shootout, and they punted. And Joe Burrow almost got them in field goal range. And then in the fourth quarter, fourth and two, deep in your own end, you punt. I get it. The game ends right there if you don't get it, but you're not going to get two stops in the fourth quarter. That isn't going to happen. You haven't stopped the nosebleed all game. So I don't know. I mean, for the if the Bills are ever going to get over this championship hump, Sean McDermott has to change the way he coaches in the playoffs. I'm worried it's not going to happen. I think that they left. They let the better coach and Brian Dable leave the building. I think Brian Dable will win Super Bowls, and, and Sean McDermott. I, it's, I have a hard time seeing him win one with the way he operates. Yeah, if you look at offensive coaches in the NFL, um, it is remarkable how quickly they can patch up an offensive line. Uh, at the beginning of this year, the Niners line wasn't great outside of Trent Williams. By the end of the year, it was really good. Um, if you watch how Andy Reid literally replaced his in one year, drafted, developed, and replaced Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, uh, and then he went and you know paid for Joe Tooney, Orlando Brown. Um, Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott are on five years unable to fix the O-line and develop a run game. Andy Reid rebuilds the O-line, the receiving core, and finds Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round overnight. And I don't think, listen, I don't think Sean Payton leaves the Saints. They're nine and eight. And if the Niners don't beat the Rams in the overtime in the playoffs, remember that? Then Sean Payton gets Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon to the playoffs. He leaves. They're unwatchable. I think we have a cultural change. Even the defensive coaches I like, Tomlin and McDermott, they have no sensibility for it. They, they, they can't. Ron Rivera can't pivot fourth place. Defensive coach Bears fourth place. Defensive coach Jets, fourth place. Defensive coach Washington, fourth place. Houston, defensive coach, fourth place. Like, at some point, Ty, this is not complicated. Right. And if you have a really good offensive coordinator, he's going to leave to become a head coach. Ab- 
That's because nobody's, I mean, even this year, the Colts go with an offensive coach. I mean, all the guys get gobbled up. Looking to get more out of the NBA season? Well, now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. The promo code is always Colin. FanDuel has tons of betting options. I like the same game parlay. Bet a little, win a lot. FanDuel's app is safe, secure, easy to use, and you get paid your winnings really fast. The no sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks. Promo code Colin. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-717 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HO P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Fire the grill and fire up the party. Get the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. Go from low and slow on smoke boost mode at 180 degrees all the way to high heat sear at 600 degrees. A much bigger range than most grills. It's got a full grate sear zone so you can put more food on the flame. Utilize the smoke boost setting to intensify that smoky flavor. Direct flame cooking creates searing, crisping, and browning. Food will look as good as it tastes. This grill is hot in 15 minutes and cleanup is easy. You'll cook on two levels at the same time so you can make enough for everyone then clean up quick with the pull and clean grease and ash management system at the front of the grill. Cook confidently with intuitive digital controls at the grill and enjoy the sleek, easy-to-use surface. You can also add a heavy-duty rotisserie or rust-resistant griddle insert to up your game. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. One more story. Um, you know, I said this today. If, if you and your wife started discussing divorce, it's probably going to happen. The fact that people in Chicago now, and according to multiple sources around the NFL, there's talk about moving off Justin Fields. Well, it tells you it's not a slam dunk. And I've always believed you can spot awful and great very quickly. You know in one half that Justin Herbert's first start, he's it. First year, Joe Burrow before he's hurt. Threw for over 400 yards in one game, 303 games. Um, Lamar Jackson, first full year starting MVP. Mahomes, first year starting, full starting MVP. I think it was first year for Mahomes. Um, Josh Allen, middle of second year. A lot of wow. You can spot awful. Zach Wilson, EJ Emanuel early. You can spot great early. And I think Justin Fields is neither. I think he's going to be somewhere between the 12th best quarterback and the 22nd. Certainly good enough to start. But there's accuracy issues here. Also, the O-line ranks 14th. Daniel Jones' O-line ranks 30th. 
Daniel Jones has no tight end as good as Cole Komet. Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool would both start for the New York Giants. So the O-line's better, the tight end's better, the receivers are as good. And though they don't have a Saquon Barkley, the Bears have two very serviceable backs. I, I think there's real consideration to move him. Do you think, if I said to you, one, no way, ten, absolutely, where do you think the discussion meter is at in Chicago? They didn't draft him. This GM right. didn't draft him. I was just going to say that, right? As History tells us if a, a head coach and a GM are in charge and they didn't draft this quarterback, if it's not their guy, you're on thin ice. Like you're, you're looking for your guy. And they would, they're absolutely going to do their due diligence on all of these quarterbacks, right? CJ Stroud included, Bryce Young, Levis. I mean, they, they'd be, they'd be stupid not to, to do everything they can to see if right. any of these guys is a franchise quarterback. I tend to think, though, that the Bears are looking at their roster and they're seeing holes everywhere. It, it was a weak yeah. offense. It was a weak defense. They need everything that they can play their hand in a way to really sell the fact that they that they want a quarterback, whether they do or they don't, and, and trade down. Because you've got, what, three or four teams in the top ten that need a quarterback and everybody knows they need a quarterback that you can have, you, you can get them basically fighting each other to the death for that first overall pick and, and get a bounty to rebuild your team. That just seems really enticing to me. If I'm Ryan Poles to know that, okay, do we know if Justin Fields is the guy? We don't know. As you just said, you can go either direction. You can look at him as oh, he's a thousand yard rusher. He's athletic. He had a big arm at Ohio state. Maybe we just have to put the weapons around him and he can make that Jalen hurts kind of, kind of, kind of ascension here in year three. Or maybe he, the accuracy is something he's never going to learn, but you at least give him a shot for a year because I think that ability to sell the fact that you want a quarterback could lead to a ton of picks because somebody's going to fall in love with Bryce Young out of that group. So somebody's going to really view him as the savior, and that could net you three or four starters for all we know. Yeah, I mean, I think Houston – because they're at two and has holes to fill, will stay there and draft a quarterback. I could see the Colts, who I think draft four or five, maybe it's five. I could see them saying, listen, our scouts think Bryce Young special. We'll give you our first round pick. We'll take yours. I don't think you'd have to give up a bounty. You'd probably have to give up a couple of seconds. I don't know what it would be, but if you, I'm only moving up four spots. Um, I think Bryce Young's the most talented. I think Richardson from Florida is the most tantalizing. Um, I think Will Levis feels like there's a there's a ceiling, but I like his talent, and I'm not sold on C.J. Stroud. Um, I think he's as good as the team he inherits. I do think Bryce Young has special qualities. I think his ability to see the field is better than Justin Fields right now. I think he sees the field. I saw him play in high school. I watched 10, 15 games in college. I think Bryce Young's sort of accuracy, awareness, and ability to see the entire field, I think it's really unique. He's just tiny. So I, I can see, I don't think Houston would move up because I don't, I, I could see the Colts on draft day making a move. I really could. They're not going to play their hand early, but I could see on draft day, Chicago getting, because by the way, if Chicago moves down to the fourth or fifth pick, they can still get a rush end, yeah. which they need. And as we know with these GMs, it's always an exercise of survival. 
So I get it. Like if you draft a quarterback, if you're Ryan Poles, the Chicago Bears, you're resetting the the rookie contract, right? You have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Every team wants that, but you're you're on the clock as that GM. Now your fate is tied to this guy usually. Where if yeah, you go go with Justin Fields for another year, maybe trade down. You get all kinds of picks. You keep it. If it doesn't work out, if he falls flat on his face. Then you got a shot the next year. You kind of buy yourself a little bit more time to say, well, that wasn't our guy, but we're still going to find our guy. And we have all this other stuff that's going really, really well. Look at Joe Douglas with the New York Jets. They've done a lot of other stuff well around the quarterback position, but they haven't figured out quarterback, but they're still there. <laughs> so I, I think that he's good enough to where you can talk yourself into him being the guy and him having a future. I, I, I'd be surprised if the Bears – took a quarterback. I I think they're they're gonna entertain offers and if there's if they have the stamp path, they take somebody else. Yeah, Bryce Young's interesting. He's smaller. He's played in California in the South. So he's never played in cold, windy weather. And there's always been a feeling that in these Pittsburgh's, Baltimore, Chicago's, uh now Minnesota obviously plays indoors, but Favre and Rogers both had strong arms. There's always been a feeling up north Flacco had a big arm. Um, Burrow certainly got a good enough arm that you, you know, it, it never made sense. It Bryce Young may not make physical sense. Now, in Indy in a dome or Houston, he does. I, you know, I wouldn't draft, they're just certain guys that are like Teddy Bridgewater would never be a guy I draft as a northern team. Put him in New Orleans, put him in Miami. That sounds crazy, but certain guys don't have the big arm. Um, Justin Fields does, but even Justin Fields remarked this week, I saw a quote. He's like, I hope we get a dome in Chicago. I mean, he's (laughs) a Georgia kid. He's like, I would love to play in a dome. Now he played at Ohio state, obviously, but the NFL season's much longer. You know, you play in Chicago, those last four games at home. It's, it's windy. It's rough. You're right on. You're, you're not far from the lake. You know, I've, I've been around that stadium. I've jogged around it. I've been around it. Uh, 10 times. So Bryce Young is not the physical athlete. I don't think he has quite the arm strength of Justin Fields. So for that reason, I could see them saying, we're going to give it one more year. All right, Ty Dunn, his newsletter, sign up, golongtd.com. We love having him on the show. Good stuff. A story coming out in Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. The Buffalo stuff is great. We'll talk soon. Any day, anytime, Colin. Thanks so much for having me, man. Make sure to check out the Draymond Green Show. I brought Draymond Green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports, unique perspective, understands behind the rope, also chops up with guests like Gary Payton, Zach Levine, Tracy McGrady. Make sure download the Draymond Green Show wherever you get your podcasts, only on the Volume Podcast Network. Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees. The Weber Works Prep Cook and Store System 
keeps cooking supplies handy, and you can carry all the food, condiments, and utensils you need. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate Rust Resistant.